0: was a, a street artist, this like elusive um, uh, street artist, nobody knew it was me. I left uni, sort of did this big reveal uh, after the, uh, the council paid me to make a tourist attraction in the area and at the end of the tourist attraction, or the opening of it sorry, I sort of revealed my identity and wanted to go full-time street artist. They had just won this big award, this drum award for, I think it was like Europe's best marketing agency in their like second year, first or second year. So you could describe them as a big fish. i brought an inflatable fish, like a five foot inflatable goldfish, and it was remote controlled. So I bribed the building manager, Alan four beers to let me in. And then I flew this fish into the office. F- first year, I learned so much. Like, But I-, I went in there thinking about learning about business and I just learned so much more. The main thing I learned in the second year or third year, whatever it was, was just about patience. I'm a very impatient person. And Long term, that was a problem that, looking back, I see now where I was just like impatiently wanting the success and to like jump ahead of you know you've got to do all the all the work before you get the results virtual reality is essentially the the headsets that you see it's transporting you to somewhere else so taking you out of your office now and putting you in somewhere else then augmented reality is applying and that's the one that i prefer because i think it's got more potential is applying a, a a digital layer over the real world augmented reality is it's limitless to whatever you can consider. I think it's 63% of people, online shoppers, would um, find AR improves their shopping experience. I do think that brands are, just from my own personal experience, very, very keen to to work on that. Represent, Puma, Gymshark, Boohoo. Some college teams from America, college America, American football teams, uh, potentially Nike. I mean, these are like huge brands. And Crepton Conan, that was probably one of the the biggest ones that I, I did. Big Nasty, as you said, he's had about three jackets. Charlie Sloth, Giggs, he, The Game, he's the biggest rapper uh, definitely in the US. Um, uh, Stormzy, Skeptor. I mean, just like AJ Tracy, even Alex from Glastonbury I did a a jacket for.
1: Hello and welcome to this week's podcast. This week I'm joined by Dodds. We talk about his story from being an anonymous street artist up until what he does today, being an augmented reality artist. So doesn't just do augmented reality he describes himself as an all-round creative so he does um, a lot of commissions and a lot of fashion commissions as well uh, he's got a great portfolio of things that he's done in the past so he's a really interesting guy he shares some interesting stories uh, about his career and his life um, so hopefully you enjoy it so if you haven't already then don't forget to press the subscribe button below and enjoy so the first time that I came across you was a few years ago now. So it's probably around five years ago, where you were the videographer for for Steve Bartlett when you were doing a daily vlog for him, uh, the CEO of Social mm-hmm. Chain at the time. Um, and over the past few years, I've really admired your, your work on on Instagram. So I've seen the commissions that you've done, the, the cool jackets. But more recently, across um, Instagram and TikTok, I've been following your, your your ar filters so you've been doing a lot of instagram filters and stuff like that so you know i was really interested and i'm sure the listeners will be really interested to find out a little bit much a little bit more about you so i know you started off as a graphic designer so to go from a graphic designer to um running a daily vlog for a ceo to now doing your own thing tell me a little bit about the story of of dodds right from the very beginning
0: um, well, first of all, uh, thank you for having me on and uh, hello to everybody that's listening. I, yeah, as you said, sort of jumped around a little bit from sort of creative job to creative job, but um, I had to, where to even begin? <laughs> <laughs> I, so I, I did graphic design at uni and about uh, maybe like three months in, realized that graphic design wasn't for me. I liked being creative, but I liked being able to control the message and put out what I wanted to do and, um, you know, like clients an amends and amends and I'm sure, you know, like you don't, you don't get that. So I was in this course for three years, but didn't like, found out pretty instantly that I didn't like it. So I did the opposite of that. And for the, the three years I was at uni, I was a street artist, this like elusive, um, Uh, street artist nobody knew it was me but uh I was was in Stoke-on-Trent which is where I went to uni and doing this work and it was all showcasing all like the amazing things in Stoke-on-Trent which there are many things uh if anybody's listening and wondering what good things are in Stoke-on-Trent um and that became like massive it was like the biggest thing in Stoke-on-Trent I got reminded the other day that I was invited to turn on the Christmas lights you know it was that level of uh big but um I, I left uni, sort of did this big reveal uh, after the the council paid me to make a tourist attraction in the area and at the end of the tourist attraction, or the opening of it, sorry, I sort of revealed my identity and wanted to go full-time street artist um, now, now that I'd left uni and moved to Manchester and basically what I was just talking to you about before we started recording, just like didn't know how to... Pry, you do, creatives aren't necessarily business you know a struggling artist is a struggling artist because they don't know the business side of things so did all the textbooks mistakes undercharged myself didn't make any money um uh, so I had to get a I had to get a job but I thought if I could get a job where I could have a business mentor for a couple of years I was only 21 22 or something like that at the time if I could get a business mentor then I could learn from them how to do the business side of things and then do it for a couple of years and then leave and then get to the point where I could be creative and business minded, which would be like a double combo. Uh, and that's where Steve and Social Chain came in. I, I like discovered. In fact, Ash, who was on this podcast before, he put out a, a Facebook ad um of for Steve's brand. And I saw I saw one of those ads. So that's I have to thank Ash for that. Um, but that's how I got introduced to Stephen Butler, and then yeah. What's your
1: application uh, for that? If you if you don't mind me asking, I know that there's been some like creative applications and stuff there. Yeah. So like, what made you stand out, like to to get that job?
0: So, uh, I I hadn't done any videography work, but I I this was at a point in YouTube's history before everybody was vlogging that I thought daily vlogs would be. Um, uh, he, he'd started weekly vlogging and I thought if he did it daily, he'll get ahead of that curve and be, you know, uh, prove really popular, which he did do. Um, so I thought if I, even better if I could be, if this trend's correct and I'm predicting it, right. If I can be the videographer who's filming him all the time, then I can be the person sat next to him, like literally all day, every day. And just like, just absorb uh, as much as I can from him. So not having any videography skills, I was like trying to think about how I could apply. And I know that they, like you said, they have to, the applications have to be like really creative. So I, they had just won this big award, this drum award for, I think it was like Europe's best marketing agency in their like second year, first or second year. So you you could describe them as a big fish. Um, So that's what I did. And I I brought an inflatable fish, like a five foot, inflatable goldfish and it was remote controlled so i bribed the building manager alan four beers to let me in and then i flew this fish into the office with uh, a memory stick attached to it and on that memory stick was basically me explaining what i just said about daily vlogging and sort of in a video which i'm sure if i looked at it now it'd be really cringy because it'd be very poorly edited but at the time i thought this is the best I could possibly edit anything Um, and that that got me the job
1: well that's pretty interesting if if you can find that video then um, send it across and we'll edit edit I've got
0: I've got I've definitely got um, a screenshot of Steve getting the fish I don't think I must have deleted that video pretty quickly after because it was not that it was bad but I just looking back at it now it's probably not the best editing job yet that I could do
1: so from, from there to now, um, like what what happened? So you, you, you've you been at social, you were at social chain for, was it five, five six years?
0: It was four, four years. So um, that time I was, as I said, filming Steve every day and putting out a YouTube video every day, which was just, it was a lot of work, but it was just, yeah. just was some of the, the most...
1: What were some of the challenges in that? So like um, I know there's like constant like rendering, editing, that kind yeah. of thing. So like if you were traveling around the country doing a vlog like in, in London or like in Manchester, like, what what were some of the daily challenges that you found? Because I imagine that you were editing on trains or, or planes. Yeah, or like, so like, I just
0: I just like, loved this? it. I just absolutely loved it. It was every day was a challenge like you and like most people have just like a hundred things to do every single day i had one i had two things to do either film or edit and that was it and it was just like you wake up nothing else matters it was like because you just can't spend any time doing anything else because you've got to do this and it wasn't just traveling the country it was like all over the world and i like i said i've been from stoke-on-trent like not really traveled extensively to then traveling just i mean just ridiculous amounts globally, uh, you know, lots of time in New York, it was just like unbelievable, but then you had to work for it. But the, the skill of the daily vlog was a, um, it was what's the best way to describe it. Almost like a, a skilled art or something like that, or like a dance. It was like, just, you've got to be filming. And then when I'm filming, I know I can be rendering or, if I I always have like a cut off time, like I need to be editing by this point, otherwise I'll never make it by tomorrow. And try and get like ahead, but it was a lot of fun. But once once we sort of got that formula together of figuring out, well as best as you can, because Steve's life was very like different every single day. But trying to like um, get a video out every day was equally as challenging. But I just for all the hard work, it was just brilliant.
1: What were some of the the, the biggest? Well, the, I guess like you know, small things that can that that make Steve different on a, on a day to day basis. Obviously, because you were basically living with him everywhere that he was traveling. So, like, what what yeah. were some of the, the the small things that you you picked up on from the,
0: from him to just make him the businessman that he is?
1: That's helped you in your in your business and um in your career.
0: Uh, he's just been able to teach me so much that you just like you wouldn't even realize i mean from the uh, when i think about the times that i uh the years that i filmed steve i think in that f- first year i learned so much like but i i went in there thinking about learning about business and i just learned so much more like i walk differently talk different like, i articulate better than I did back then. I'm certainly more confident that I was like even going to like the gym. He got me into going to the gym and I was never like a gym person before that. Um, my posture is not good, but certainly better than it was all because of these things that like, not that he, well, maybe he would pick, pick out like uh, walking better or talking better, but he just like, I don't know. You just, he just builds you up with confidence, which is, um, great and then in that second year I learned a lot more about the business side of things because obviously I can't do too much uh, art whilst all this is going on because like I said it's either filming or editing but the main thing I learned in the second year or third year whatever it was was just about patience I'm a very impatient person and day-to-day that's good because I get like stuff done quickly um, but long term that was a problem that looking back I see now where I was just like impatiently wanting the success and to like jump ahead of you know you've got to do all the all the work before you get the results um so the patience was a a really good lesson that he taught me because like i might do say like a style of art for a bit and then drop it uh, and to have the patience just like keep going was uh, eventually what got me to sort of now doing my own thing
1: Mm-hmm. yeah so like I, I imagine you do need a lot of patience in art you know like i mean it's completely different but like i I need a lot of patience at at school to do art like i, I didn't have any patience for it at all <laughs> like it, just for me yeah, like it's um, yeah it is like for, for me that was really difficult but um whilst you're at social zone you you were going through um like you you' doing a lot of art yourself for you so like in in your spare time doing um was it like canvas drawings and things like that or was it digital?
0: Uh, A little bit of both so I think I filmed Steve for about two three years and Mm -hmm. then in this last year maybe two and a bit yeah whatever in this last period um, in in the, the last year or so 18 months or so I moved over to working on Katie Leeson's brand personal brand um because that meant i was dropping down my days so i went down to to part-time and then that allowed me obviously you can do that with the the filming so um that allowed me to then work on my own stuff again and start building up a bit of a brand or portfolio or whatever you want to call it to then be able to go on and carry on what i actually started before social chain but obviously a lot better um so during the, the the last sort of 18 months again trying to figure out which art style if it's not going to be the street art that um I originally la- like was doing before like what is it that I can do and started doing canvases just general commissions you know making money um and then started moving into denim jackets which I did for and still do for quite uh, quite a long time
1: so like you've you started denim jackets but then you moved into AR denim jackets as well didn't you so like just before we go into um ar and uh, things like that so could you explain to the listeners like the difference between ar vr that kind of thing because i'm sure everyone's heard of the things but not necessarily in detail or in depth so first what's what's ar and then what's vr and how do they compare
0: so i'm not gonna try and claim to be uh, a complete expert you know, I don't come from a tech background before launching into augmented reality. I don't come from a tech background. I, I obviously come from an art background and I'm applying augmented reality and virtual reality to my work. But the difference between, so that that's good news because that means I can't like hit you with like technical mumbo jumbo because I don't know either. But virtual reality is essentially the the headsets that you see. It's transporting you to somewhere else. So taking you out of your office now and putting you in somewhere else. Um, that's virtual reality, and then augmented reality is applying. And th- that's the one that I prefer because I think it's got more potential. Is applying a a, a digital layer over the real world. So that's that's putting a um, a three D model of a dog in your office, and it's interacting. It understands the environment. It understands what table is, so you can put it on the table um and it's like interacting with the real world and that's sort of the difference one takes you away from where you are and one adds to where you are
1: so for you like when you come up with concepts i've seen a lot of your your concepts on like tiktok and instagram and stuff like that so for you what's your creative process behind it so do you spend a lot of time researching them or do you kind of see something and then kind of go for it or what's your process behind it?
0: some some, some ideas uh uh some ideas sort of formulate quickly and some ideas sort of take longer. So uh, I'm sure we'll talk about some examples going forward, but there was a, a Kobe jacket that I did that took that idea just took a lot longer to uh, to come to life just because i trying to think about all the different possibilities, because that's the amazing thing with augmented reality is it's limitless to whatever you can yeah. consider. Like your, it can be, I have these like ideas. When I think of an idea, I have like a, a one to ten scale. Like a one is like a very obvious thing. So like a dog, for example. But then like a ten idea is like completely just flipping out there. You know what I mean? Like a unbelievable idea. And you can just have tens all the time with augmented reality and virtual reality because you can literally build anything. So uh, it's just limited to your imagination. So my creative process is just thinking what would be what would be what would just blow people away you know to talk about that kobe jacket would be what if there was this jacket and when you scanned it with your phone uh on instagram as well you don't have to download another app there was a hidden basketball court inside the jacket and and that court had kobe on shooting hoops um like that is gonna stop people from what they're doing look up and look at that so i always try to think of just what's the maddest shit can i swear oh yeah go on (laughs) what i I just say like what's the maddest thing that you could um like you could come up with like what would be the most what's something that no one's ever seen before and try and just work from there backwards
1: some something on the like as close as 10 as 10 as possible so like the 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 closest to 10 as possible
0: (laughs) so the the idea for the to go into the the one to 10 idea thing that I use a 10 is like an idea that's like actually impossible. And then you actually want it. So like, I always say, um, if it's like a marketing thing, like putting your product on the moon, like not feasible, but then trying to come up with like an idea that's like a seven on the scale, which is like still crazy, but actually physically possible. Um, And that's like where the good ideas um, are rather than like a one, which would be like a poster. Do you know what I mean? Yeah,
1: so like, so I guess this is a little bit technical, but what's the kind of the physical steps that you go um, to create a filter, so like an Instagram filter, for example? So, is it a mix of like, like three, like three D design software? So, like, what's the kind of software that you use and things like that to um, build build something?
0: So, I mean, obviously, different um, different pieces of software for different. Elements, but I I always work with Spark AR. That's Facebook's free software that allows you to create filters for their pages. I used to use um, a different app, but just getting um, people to go on the app store, download an app, uh, and figure out how just to for, use it yeah. just was just like impossible. Especially if, like working with a lot of celebrities, you're just not going to get them. You know, confuse them, and they're not, they're not got the time. So with Instagram. The benefit is that software Spark AR is actually very um, if you come from a sort of creative background, it's pretty not self-explanatory, but you can uh, you can get used to it quite quickly. And obviously the main benefit is that everybody's already on everybody's already on Instagram, everybody's already got audiences on Instagram, so you're not trying to sell them into something new. Uh, like new as in something separate you're selling them in on what they've already spent years um working on so i use spark AR a lot um there's a piece of software called blender which is where you can sort of manipulate and create 3d models and um also use the the whole creative um creative cloud suite from adobe on a number of different things but the process in creating one is um well, I mean, it, it depends on what the the filter is and what it does, but generally, it's getting your three D models of whatever it is that you want. I t- don't know how to do that, so I'm not a three D designer. That takes sort of years of practice um, to learn. So I use like three D model uh, freelancers, and then once I've got those assets, then combining you know the lighting, the sound the actual just general user experience. There's lots of tiny little details that kind of go into it that make the, the complete package.
1: Of course, cool. so I've seen so many like diff, different examples of AR being used. So, like, you know, obviously on Instagram, it, it brands use it. Like on Google, Google use it for like the, the the knowledge graph. So, like when someone types in an animal, for example, like a lion, it, there's like, a, um, like a life size lion in your room, that kind of thing. So it's it's kind of fun and interesting. But like, what what are some of the 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 best and like the funnest projects that you've worked on, or like what what you're working on at the moment?
0: The best projects Um, so some of the the more fun ones i'm doing as i'm sort of getting uh more experience in using uh or as i'm getting more experience in creating augmented reality experiences the fun ones for me are where i'm coming up with an idea that i know i i know it's possible because i've seen something similar been done but i don't know how to do it personally so that sort of journey of like figuring out how is that possible so i you probably can see this painting here behind me this was one of the first 3d models uh one of the first filters that i did that had an animated 3d model in and um i mean it just took ages and there was just so many like tiny little things what happens with this experience is you scan it with your phone and the the rapper xxx Tentacion he comes out of the painting and performs like a personal concert but that was like the first time i did anything with lighting sound maybe not sound but definitely 3d models and just like at the time it probably wasn't very fun because there was just a frustration of just like this how I it was like getting the microphone <laughs> to stay in his hand sounds yeah. like super simple and you just know that there's just like a one button that you press that figures that out but it took me like i think i exported 25 plus different versions of it and it just kept <laughs> failing but then Looking back on that, that was probably like the, the most fun, the most fun um, project that I worked on. But just to talk on what you said about like the other examples um, and Google, like putting lions or whatever it was into the into your space, like they are really fun. But the reason that I think augmented reality is such an interesting avenue is because at the moment the situation is that because of the internet speeds and the tech involved and like the capabilities it's all quite it's gimmicky it's like the best you can do is maybe 15 seconds of something quite cool but as the tech gets better i know facebook are working on like facebook glasses where you'd be able to wear a pair of glasses and apply the same thing you see with the phone adding a a digital layer over the world to your glasses that that will really change like the way augmented reality is used and people's Behavior to it. So it won't be, it'll be less gimmicky. It'll be more like a part of life, you know. You won't really need this. If you think this like phone that I've got in my hand is this just black rectangle that we just attached to, it's like such a, when you think about it, it's really weird. Having it on your glasses and being able to do the same thing maps, music, you know, being able to add, uh, I don't know where my keys are, you know, then my keys will just appear because my glasses have scanned the room. Like there's so many. Cool things you'll be able to do, and for brands, I think imagine you could have a pair of glasses, and oh I want the these pair of boots here that I've got on the floor, and the glasses can scan them. It can find all the the prices from all the different places, and I can shop straight from within my glasses. Like the capabilities will be again just like whatever you can think of, you'll be able to apply because it's this sort of like new tech. So that's why I think it's got like really good potential because. I mean that's just like the tip of the iceberg you can have like we could be having this call right now but you could be sat in my room right here on this chair because I could be just seeing you on the glasses and there's be much more personal experience we could be sharing I mean like, I'm not just going to go through and list all the possibilities <laughs> but like there's there's just loads.
1: So talk to me like in terms of like brands like what, what are some good examples of brands that are using AR at the moment I know probably around Christmas time like um was it coca-cola did something or it might have been another brand but like is there any examples off the top of your head you can think of where they're the, the using it like on a regular basis or around the year that it's really effective
0: um maybe not one that i know that's using it throughout the year but i do think that brands are just from my own personal experience very very keen to to work on that i'm working with like I've got a list actually just up here, um, uh, Coachella, that's, they, they're they creating some t-shirts that will probably be out by the time this com- that comes out, where you scan the t-shirt and something happens. Mm-hmm. Um, represent, Puma, Gymshark, Boohoo, There's some college teams from America, college, college America, American football teams, uh, potentially Nike. I mean, these are like huge brands. And I really feel like they're, just starting to use it because they didn't know what was really possible in terms of the connecting the brand to the filter. So some of the filters that I've created, like I created, not for Louis Vuitton, but it was just a concept to kind of show brands like you can do this kind of thing to create a virtual store within an Instagram, allowing the user, this is more virtual reality, but you can walk around the, um, the store with your phone and just like, any other store looks brilliant. And then the products that are in that store that are on sale, you can link your Instagram shopping to, So you can have product tags connected to it as well. So shops, you know, people can then shop straight out of Instagram and buy what they see in the virtual world. And like brands don't know that that's possible until like filters like this are made. Um, But I think for marketing, there's sort of two aspects you could do something like that where you sell directly through your filter to connecting a virtual product to a physical product or creating something where, uh, you create a filter that's more about the user experience, not selling anything, but it just has a logo on it, or it's brought to you by that kind of thing, because these filters are built to go viral. You know, if you have 500, uh, followers, and you post about it on your story to 500 followers with like one click, at the top of the, at the, top of the uh, Instagram story, there's a link to the filter. So with one click, all 500 of those people have the ability to post about it with one click and then post about it if they like it to all their 500 followers. So within like two two stages there for no ad spend whatsoever, you've reached a quarter of a million people on instagram and all it you know maybe it's got your logo above it and it's just like um more like brand awareness rather than um and you can imagine people have more than 500 followers you know the millions of followers if they start using your filters you can reach a really big audience
1: yeah and it's not only that like not only on, on instagram but like i suppose like offline marketing so if you um had like a Uh, as like a sign on a bus stop or something like that and there was um augmented reality on that and then you got like a an instagram filter on that and then if people are taking pictures of that there's not only the, the footfall but if people are taking pictures of that you know that can help it go viral as well
0: yeah for sure and then sorry just to say add a third one in terms of like what how a brand can interact with it they can uh you can interact your filter can interact with the uh, real world, as I said, so every product that you have can become a scannable object. So working with Puma at the moment to do some unboxing experiences for their like pro players. So they scan the top of their box and the boot comes, um, you know, 3d model of the boot comes rotating out. So the unboxing experience has now become UGC user generated content. Everybody who gets a, a, whatever, uh, clothing brand package is now going to be posting about it, telling all their friends about it. And then things like the t-shirts and other products you can interact AR with as well. So like if they scanned your top now with freak, maybe it changed from the word freak to Nike, then back to freak, you know, you could just do all this great stuff. So like the, the potential there within like the fashion industry or I mean anything, but particularly the fashion industry is like t-shirts don't have to be 2d 2d anymore you know this t this t-shirt you can scan and the this skull smokes the cigarette and the smoke comes out and the cigarette goes back in it's like just like do you know what I mean I'm saying I said I wasn't gonna list all the potential stuff you could do but I mean there's just so much I think it's exciting
1: no no it's incredible I can you know I I I just just don't really think about it from you know that point of view just because you know it's so new and you know like it's difficult to say but where, where do you think it would be in like like five or ten years time do you think i know it's like a bit of a futuristic question but do you think it can be done like without glasses in the future so like maybe like microchips or something
0: (laughs) yeah i mean i know elon musk's already working on the microchip. he's he's already got one in a pig so i mean apart from that i've got no knowledge in it but i mean that seems pretty good evidence that something like that could happen and i'd be the first one there you know trying to get one installed into my head but in terms of five to ten years like i said facebook are working on glasses i think that'll be a really big thing when that finally launches just to try and get the um obviously there's companies that already do augmented reality reality glasses but just getting the sort of mainstream adoption won't be until you have somebody like uh uh, facebook involved obviously they've got oculus which is their virtual reality headsets and that's certainly bringing that more into the mainstream but still for me i wouldn't personally buy a a virtual reality headset just yet um but in five to ten years the tech will be better i think people will be like using it just much more in terms of like content and uh product selling you know i know kylie cosmetics she had um uh i say kylie minogue then but kylie jenner she had a um a filter where you could try her lipstick on before buying it these sort of ar experiences they're uh in terms of shopping and shopping behavior i know i'm going to try and remember the statistic i know it's um i think it's 63 percent of people online shoppers would um, find AR improves their shopping experience, and then forty nine percent of online shoppers would be willing to pay more for a product if they could try it on in AR first. Mm-hmm. So people want that; they want to be able to put their chair in the living room to see if it matches the colors before they order it, and try on the lipstick, or the, you know, the, change the color of their hair to see what dye suits them best. This sort of adoption of like trying on and just in integrating it within shopping i think will be the first thing and then i think you'll have like i said the fashion industry having clothing that does stuff moves um without the need of it being hopefully held up with a phone if it's just on the glasses or whatever i think would be just really interesting to see but i can only see, it's only going one way do you know what i mean yeah people are just going to use it as the tech gets better
1: Yeah, I mean, recently, like I think it was a few weeks ago that I saw it on Amazon. So Amazon have started to do it on. um, I I didn't see clothes, but I definitely saw furniture. So like sofas, that's like invaluable when you've got you know a new house or something, and you try Mm. fit fit in furniture and stuff. So yeah, I mean, like that that's essential, isn't it? So so we're just talking about um, glasses. Um, A while ago now, like there was there was Snapchat glasses and Google glasses that came out. So. What went so wrong for them, and like, why do you think in the in the like, it's just been a bad experience, hasn't it? You know, for for Snap Glasses yeah. and Google Glasses, and a Google Glasses that must have come out a long time ago, but Snapchat Glasses that must have come out in the, in the past, like five six years or so. Yeah,
0: I think that the Google Glasses, what did they do? I mean, that they was, were so long ago, weren't they? Yeah, that, that, I'm that, not. A, I, think, I think perhaps they were like. A bit before their time, like the tech wasn't quite there yet. Um, they were quite bulky, but they never did. They even go out on sale. I don't think they did, did they?
1: To be fair, it might it might have been a concept, but I think it was um for like directions and stuff like that. So like, if you wanted to, Mm. um, you know, visually see something on the road, I think it was for that. But I'm not too sure what what was Snap Glasses and like that. So
0: Snap Snap Glasses they allowed you to take video, um, and, and Post it on your, like it was a, a way of capturing content, and I think they were just gimmicky. I can't actually remember what they did, but I know was to do with I
1: mean, they are.
0: No, I know my feelings yeah. towards them were gimmicky. You couldn't yeah. like see through the lenses and see anything. They just had cameras on the side, um <laughs> but I'm pretty sure that they they IPO'd around the same time as they bought the glasses out, and I think they IPO'd as a glasses company rather than a social media company because. It wouldn't have IPO'd as well as a social media company because they were obviously, you know, they've got big rivals, but they're pretty pioneering in a in a different space. I, that I might have to fact check that because I might have just made a lot of that up. But I'm pretty sure that they, the glasses are gimmicky, and the uh, the IPO was somehow connected in why they were so like you make spectacles, um, even though they weren't that good. The the techs just like oh, yeah. fa- Facebook, the way that in terms of the glasses uh, and why those, why I think Facebook's glasses will uh, perform better is because that's what Facebook do. They're always late to the party, but when they do like, they just take over what like stories is a great example, you know, talking about Snapchat, that's what, that was everyone's behavior and they, you know, they tried to buy it, but they didn't. And then when they finally did their own stories, it just overtook. And there's countless examples. Um, of where facebook has been late to do something and then when they've done it it's always it's always because because <laughs> as, as they are what they are it's always just outperformed so um you know i feel i feel like i'm confident that they'll do better and the tech is in such a better place now
1: yeah so like we've spoken a lot about facebook and um instagram filter so like why, why do you think i mean are you working on anything to do with snapchat in terms of augmented reality or are they a bit behind no. or like
0: I've just I've just never been drawn they're actually further ahead you can do more in a snapchat um snapchat studio than you can in spark AR but in terms of they're not throwing shade at snapchat in any way but the the way that I came into augmented reality was talking to celebrities over instagram dms and doing them wanting jackets from me and then for me to just send them the link that opens up in the the filter there and then. And it's just as simple as that, you know, I don't know if they use Snapchat or not just really just simplified it. And then I just, I, I mean, people do work with Snapchat, but it's just brands, influencers, you know, it's Instagram is, you know, the, the home for that. So that's, I just play in that playground to be honest with you. But I, like I said, Snapchat actually is further ahead. You can do, a lot more um I mean, like this is another great example. it won't be long until Facebook it sounds like I'm working for facebook i'm not you know i'm just this is, this is just, these are the facts. When Facebook catches up and allows you to do the stuff that snapchats will do, you know people will use that over Snapchat because it's got the audience there, and people know how to um you know work with filters on you know it's just like second nature to understand the metrics of filters on Instagram. they know where they are. know how to record them they know what you know you press or tilt your head or open your mouth something's something's gonna happen um so yeah it's just like personally i just think it's a better environment to be in
1: yeah So get back to your art and i've i've seen some actually it must have been like a year or so ago now but what what some of the celebrities that you've done work for i think i saw like was it big 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 nasty yeah
0: big big nasty is probably the biggest uh advocate of the the dodds custom denim jackets but um a whole host of celebrities are quite fortunate in that regard really it seems to be the generally people that i also like working with like uh, admire like i listen to like uh hip-hop or grime or music like that so it's those sort of musicians um so for anybody who's like you know not familiar with those then this might be you know less impressive list for you but um crepton conan that was probably one of the the biggest ones that I, I did he wore his jacket um at, throughout his his latest tour before lockdown so that was pretty cool to see um Big Nasty as you said he's had about three jackets Charlie Sloth Gigs he wore his uh full Adidas custom tracksuit that was a, a collab <laughs> with Adidas um and again a really good, good filter to make. Uh, it had this like Jedi on the back and the Jedi came to life and like, uh, I think he swiped speakers and the speakers blew up or something. That was really fun. Um, the game, he's the biggest rapper, uh, definitely in the U S. Um, there was one other one that I was going to mention. Uh, Stormzy. Skeptor. I mean, just like uh, AJ Tracy, even Alex from Glastonbury. I did, it, uh, a jacket for you know when he was you know alex from Glast, alex from Glast- yeah, Glast- yeah. Um like pr- pretty much everybody you can think of um so yeah i've been pretty fortunate in that in that regard
1: yeah like it, f- for me like from like a non-physical art, art background so like it might be a sound of stupid question to you but like how how are things printed onto the jacket is that just from you hand drawing it or is it like printed or how, how does it work and what kind of yes. ink is it? Does it need to be some sort of special special ink for it to be picked up by the filters?
0: Yeah, so um, the reason that it's denim is because uh, the texture of denim uh, works best with the fabric paints that I use. a special kind of paint that you heat seal in. So I would paint on uh, with hand, or by hand I should say, and then heat heat seal it in. And that's, that's the, the way that it would work. But... That, that, what I've just described there is basically every custom denim jacket you can think of, they all look the same. And when I started, as I said, I used to be a street artist and I've been through like a, 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 I don't know what the best metaphor for this is, but like an avenue of lots of different creative outlets, obviously videography, photography, but I even tried like poetry and pottery and sculpting and just like loads of stuff, just oil painting everything and then the denim jackets i enjoyed because i enjoy creating stuff that like clothing wise that nobody else would have and just i just enjoy that fashion side of thing and then got a little bit of success with doing a couple of jackets for like Bugsy and malone and um a few other grime artists but it wasn't until i got hit with like a, a instagram ad with like this augmented reality app that i was like that's something that i need my jackets to do um
1: is it like, like, like a light bulb like, moment where you were kind of just, yeah
0: literally, literally like, I was lying in bed and I it, was was like, fate, I it was like fate it was like the, the same way you ads. got to
1: social chain wasn't it because you just saw an ad for, <laughs> for that job so through ads
0: yeah you need um, like yeah
1: what's so I, I,
0: I used those that app for like a while but it was just like not as good and um that really took off the the sort of The jackets, as I mentioned, like doing some amazing work because it was doing the stuff that nobody had ever seen. But you couldn't do that on Facebook and Instagram when I first started, which is why I think I got the jump up when you could do it on Facebook and Instagram when they did allow other people to make filters because I was like ahead um, in terms of skill and practice and knowledge. And then just having that ability to the simplicity of Instagram just like really unlocked something. And then there was like another really big jump in terms of um, exposure and work.
1: Yeah, so, like, you you just touched on it then, like, uh, about the experience and the knowledge. So, are you you completely self-taught? Like, did you learn everything through, like, trial and error or YouTube or how did you Yeah,
0: yeah, pretty much trial and error um, and, like, the occasional YouTube video. But why? I think that's good for two reasons because, A, it shows anybody. Like, augmented reality is this, like, daunting piece of tech, but, like, it's not. I've just, like, proven that with what I've just told you. And then the second thing is I can validate that because Facebook have put me in their, um, partner network this year, which is their top 77 creators globally. Exactly. So that's like eight, 18 months of, it's not, I don't mean that in like a bigish way, but I'm just saying that like you can literally be one of the top creators globally from the YouTube videos and just generally trial, trialing an error. Like it's, um, it's not as daunting as, uh, you know, if somebody who's listening today might just be coming across it for the first time. It's it's an it's much easier than it seems, and that's actually putting you know putting me down and saying you know it's, <laughs> it's not it's not complicated. Anybody can do it. What
1: would you say to someone that like saw it, always or, or listen to this podcast, and that they want to get into it? Like, what what would you say when you're starting out? Like, do you have to have a lot of patience, or like, is there anything in particular, or any good resources to to follow your your TikTok and YouTube? <laughs>
0: yeah yeah so um i would download spark ar they've got loads of templates in there as well so um you could just learn you know just like have a look around and then i would just watch there's the youtube tutorial section you know the section of youtube reserved for spark ar tutorials is not big Mm -hmm. because it is still new um but there's some out there there's some of them that are in like different languages and you might just have to kind of like get the gist but um i'm going to start making tutorials because obviously i think there's a a space um i think there's a space for it so um yeah just get on youtube and just try and absorb as sort of as much as you can and then just try making stuff that's like the the quickest way because you'll learn really quickly how to do x y and z if you just like keep not being able to do it you know sooner or later you'll be able to do it
1: yeah, to get to go over to another platform. So there's something that's been looking at me the whole podcast, and that's the Twitch canvas behind you. So yeah. I, I know you did a big charity piece that was on a live stream on Twitch. So, like, yeah. what was it? What was the idea behind that, and how did it all, all come about?
0: That came through social chain. Um, as I, uh, there's two two. How can I describe this? That was a a project that came through Social Chain, as I, um, obviously working part-time there and part-time on my own stuff, I was sort of getting booked as talent to work on um, a few of their projects, and Twitch was one of them, um, where I, they did something called Twitch Aid, which is, I guess, a a bit like Live Aid Mm -hmm. for um, huge musicians, uh, you know, just like the biggest. Uh, performing a concert throughout the day, raising money for COVID. This was right at the beginning of the the lockdown. And that was sort of my first experience with Twitch. Um, Since then, I've become their artist in residence. So these canvases specifically behind you uh, are from those where I'll, they'll be doing a competition and I'll be painting whatever game it is, whatever the event is, and then these get sent to the winners. Um, That Twitch Aid, the original one was a big digital canvas of everybody all the celebrities like lying um and playing games you know video games on a a really long sofa imagine like that that opening scene from friends where they're all sort of on the sofa together Uh, i can it's literally just behind the camera here it's just like 30 celebrities all, all together but that was really exciting and in terms of like being thrown in the deep end there was um obviously not done twitch before and i was just like going through Streaming, talking about what I was, and during that, that, that was a 24 hour stream, so I was just literally going all day drawing, which is just like obviously wild. And then, when <laughs> Twitch ri- rivals the main channel, they came to me, it was like, um, you'd go from I, I think I got like a, a message where it was like, you are now live to 120,000 people. Wow. and she's like just me in here like we are talking now but one hundred twenty thousand people also watching
1: were you in like, the room actually, by yourself so were you literally just there yeah, yeah. and the camera it was, just and this,
0: it was this this pretty much exact same setup apart from i had a, a pad where i was drawing and it was but imagine one hundred twenty thousand people you know sat looking at your screen like as you're talking through what you've done and then because like and then it also went because one of the people that i drew it had gone viral in the twitter k-pop community which was just even wilder as somebody who doesn't know anything about k-pop so it was just like a really obviously a long day but just uh and also that print raised like fifty thousand dollars for the 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 covid um charity you know uh total that they were going for so i mean it was just like a, a wild day
1: wow i remember i remember you did an instagram story and like it was showing the analytics of it and it was basically it was flat for like hours and hours and, yeah. hours. and then it literally just went wow like
0: it, that was it the uh to- that was the k-pop twitter um community uh coming in strong but yeah that was just like and that was hour like 19 in so i'm like i've just been drawing all day <laughs> and i'm like whoa like delirious almost and i'm like the can't think about even what to say. Um, cause I'm trying to get this drawing done on time and it was just like, well, I don't know. so that that it was, was all, done. all good though. It's all good. That,
1: that was done. So what time did you start? And like, what time did you end? Was it like nine?
0: That was, um, until nine or uh, I, I think I would have started at about one. six <laughs> and then six. Yeah. I, I know that I finished at 5am because it was 5am and you tend to remember those sort of things. Um, I also had like this I closed out the whole Twitch rivals um Twitch thing with this big golden confetti cannon. So like five AM, this was like room was like confirmed fill filled with golden confetti. Um so I guess I must have started at like six, six, seven AM. Um but yeah, that was the, that big spike was the K pop Twitter community coming in. <laughs>
1: that's crazy it just crazy. The, uh, the, it just, it just yeah. shows that like patience pays off in the end doesn't it like 19 mm-hmm. hours in out, out of um, 24 is like crazy um so like for you like what's what's next i know you you're moving full-time into um doing commissions and uh ar and that kind of thing so what what's next for you like what, what have you got coming up and um what's going on
0: well i'm just really looking forward to the the future to be honest with you i mean i'm sure you can tell by the the way that i'm talking i worry about using the word excited too much but i'm just optimistic about like what's going to happen and people's adaptation to this tech there's like this great graph that shows people's rate of adaptation to new tech and it gets you know at the beginning when uh sort of like 50 years ago it got it was very very slow for people to move over but now people are just like new piece of tech bang straight away they're just um taking it on board so i think quite quickly augmented reality will become very mainstream um as i said as the the tech gets better there'll be more opportunities and more there is quite a lot of limitations at the moment especially on instagram um through like through the fact that the internet's not good enough to get you know huge files sent to people all over the world but as that gets better um the experience will get better, the details will get better. Personally, what I'm working on is created this sort of hub called the Virtual Art Space, and that hub has a few branches. So Virtual Art Space itself is uh, a virtual art gallery. So that has, I create the gallery with uh, collaborations with different artists from all over the world, and then they showcase their artwork, and then we sell prints and split the profits. So that's one and because of the the numbers i mean i could talk to you for just a whole another hour just talking about that gallery because the potential behind at the moment in manchester where or even the uk where globally where all the galleries are closed down or some cities don't even have galleries to have this is technically the only gallery that's safe to visit right now (laughs) and everybody's already everybody's already on instagram so the numbers are already quite good. We've done one exhibition so far at a hundred thousand people. The wow, global congrats. average for a two-week two-week gallery is thirty-four thousand. So, wow. you know, just as I talked to you earlier about the virality of filters, there's the potential there to be the biggest gallery in the world. So we've got loads of shows already booked in for like way into next year with artists, which is really exciting. So that's the virtual art space. Then you've got. um the clothing element as i mentioned bringing out stuff like not this hoodie design but hoodies and t-shirts that scan and do stuff the kobe jacket is another great example of this kind of thing that i'm looking to do just ordered the first samples today but also working with in the same way that working with influencers working uh, artists sorry for the gallery working with influencers to you know they all have these merch lines and clothing and other clothing brands as well do collaborations with them to add hopefully disrupt the fashion industry in that regard um which again potential there is really exciting and you you know talking about that kobe jacket that's a one-off jacket but being able to have a hoodie that does something similar that anybody of all over the world can access um i think that gets me really excited as well without using the word excited a lot and then the the final two branches of the virtual art space one the brand work obviously just coming out of working at social chain the brand work um and you know the the types of brands that i've just mentioned it's just like incredible something that i never thought i'd be able to do is work with this level of brand and then um teaching people the the vasa academy the virtual art space academy which basically uh, an online course um that teaches people how you know how easy it actually is to be making these filters and i think going forward as more and people more people and more brands request this sort of thing that that course will become like hopefully like the bible for um social ar at least that teaches people how to create filters that they thought maybe you know was impossible for them to make but it's actually you know some of them are quite straightforward
1: so much coming up that there is so much to be excited about. Like, so mm. I, I understand why you're using it so much, but like, you know, I'm I'm really excited to see what's coming up as well. Like, I'm a, you know, I'm a real big fan of you know what you're doing, and you know, it's really good that you're trying to set it up for other people as well, and you know, just um keep, keep art galleries open and you know, try and make an influence on people that want to you know set things up for themselves in the future. So I think we'll wrap up there. So if anyone wants to like follow you anywhere, like where, where are the best places to to find you.
0: You can follow, uh, virtual art space on pretty much every, uh, every platform It's under virtual art space. And then if people are interested in, um, learning how to do augmented reality like this for themselves, the, in terms of the Academy, the, the webinar, this sort of free one hour masterclass that we're going to do. This is sort of like a, you know, like an MVP, like a minimal viable product just to make, just to see if people actually want this sort of thing. We're doing like a free one hour class before we make the, full course um and that gives a lot of information about the industry i mean we've sort of just touched the surface here really but the industry um the potential and then like teaching people how to make different types of filters in that one hour class that'll be live i'm pretty sure by the time this goes out so if they want to check that out then they can maybe just you know learn, learn for themselves how to make something
1: brilliant all right really appreciate your time and thanks for joining us
0: Uh, Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it.